When I was a little girl, I believed in fairy tales. I wished my toys would come to life and that my stories could be real. Then through all the noise and confusion, I believed it was all an illusion. The world had faded black and white. Nothing seemed to be right. But now I know that how it goes is that my dreams never die. As long as I keep the magic inside me alive, do you believe in magic? Stories are written, read, and disappear, probably hidden on some dusty bookshelf, often forgotten and never retold. This tale is different because it stays in the heart of all who hear it. The memory continues, eagerly waiting to be shared with the next generation. Take a peek, sit back, relax, open your mind, journey into the world of the gulp of waters and slurp it downs. You'll never be the same again. In the first episode... Joe detoured into the bush to find inspiration for an essay exam. She discovered two strange creatures by the creek. When they discovered her, everything changed. Joanne Elizabeth Parker. What are you going to do now that you've been caught spying on these little folk? Oh goodness, they might put me into one of those boiling pots just like witch doctors do in all the movies. The Slurper Downs laughed so hard at such an idea. And then Joe remembered that the creatures could hear her thoughts. Don't think you would boil up too well. Spoil the glue you would. Well, at least I know what they're making in the large metal pots. They are not just metal. They are gold. Gold from the cork up a ripple creek. We pan for gold and make the pots. It's all about using things that are natural from the earth. The elderly creature was once again cross with Joe, and that made her feel uncomfortable. How was she supposed to curb her thoughts and how was she going to get out of this mess? It seemed finding herself in trouble was the order of the day. Don't worry, lass. We won't eat you. In fact, come on and I'll show you around. The change of attitude from the Slurper Downs confused Joe, but she was in no mind to turn and run. There was too much to discover and she felt that somebody would save her from impending doom if she got into too much trouble. The old Slurper Downs guided the trembling girl through the village, causing great disruption. Creatures went running here and there, children screamed, and the women all stood with their hands on the hips. An old Gulper Waters woman said, What on earth have you found now, you silly old fool? Politeness was not a strong point in the language of the creatures. Shut your food, muncher! Screamed the Slurper Downs in a fierce voice. Bite your bum! Exclaimed the very aggravated female gulp of waters. 
This was an uncomfortable situation to be in. But still, chills of excitement flew through Joe's veins. I wonder why they talk to each other in such rude tones. If I talk to people like that, boy would I be in big trouble. Big mistake. The creatures heard her last thought and exclaimed, We don't talk rude at all! The day was getting worse. How could she stop thinking? It was just a matter of time before she found herself in hot water. She decided to communicate with the creatures. But how? If she talked politely to them, then maybe that was like being rude. So it would be a good idea to talk rudely to them and hopefully, with a bit of luck, she would fit right in. It was all about being accepted by these strange creatures. So she carefully tried not to think too much and said in a calm, controlled way, Get a grip and accept that I'm here. All the creatures clapped and smiled with great approval. Oh gosh, seems I'll have to learn a new rude way of politeness. The day became quite incredible as the creatures laughed, insulted and played with Joe. After some time, she was conscious that it was time to leave and find her way home. Will she be late for school or in time to meet Melissa on the way? Things were very strange indeed. The thought of meeting and talking to the gulp of waters and the slurp at downs gave her a sense of satisfaction. She had made progress. The visit had been worthwhile. Now she needed a hand to get back home, and that could be nerve-wracking. Jo needed to explain to somebody that it was time to go home. The thought of her mother panicking and calling the police whirled in her head. What if she was not so lucky as last time, and it was the end of the school day? Fortunately, the old Slurper Downs could sense that something was wrong and approached Jo. Need to go home, do you? I think it's time to travel you home. The creature called seven other gulper waters and slurped downs into a circle. They sang a strange travelling song and before long, the bewildered girl found herself right next to the school road, minus her joggers, bag and the previous items that she had left to dry. Bum, damn and spit! Looks like I've become a gulper waters or slurped downs and that would never do. I have to watch my language or I'll get into heaps of trouble. Melissa was walking towards her with a great big smile on her face, which quickly changed when she saw the mess Joe was in. What on earth happened to you? Your uniform is torn, you've got no joggers, and where's your bag? Melissa may have to be told of her adventures. She needed somebody to cover for her in case of emergency. Melissa... I have something to tell you and you may think I'm loopy, but it's all quite true. Melissa knew about Joe's remarkable imagination, so nothing in the world would stop her from listening to her friend's story. You know Cork Upper Ripple Creek and how I love to go for nature walks? Well, that's where I've been going every morning. Just to clear my head and meditate before school. Melissa seemed disappointed. She thought Joe would have a wild story of fairies, dragons and creepy insects to tantalise her. Instead, it was a rather dull explanation of where she had been. For a quick second, Joe nearly told Melissa the whole truth, but something made her stop. Look over there. When Joe turned around, to her amazement, all her gear, bags, sandals and joggers, 
were placed neatly at the edge of the road. Jo thought she heard faint voices drifting through the trees, sounding very much like damn and blast. Smiling, she picked up the lost items and started to walk to school. This certainly had been one of the strangest mornings of her life. The walk to school bored Jo, because all she could think about was the neat adventure she had just had. Everything seemed unimportant except for the idea of discovering a unique civilization. When the teacher asked for all textbooks to be taken out, she panicked, aware that they were filled with doodles of her adventures. For a moment, she froze with fear when Mr Heathmont walked towards her. It looked like another detention if he saw how she had scribbled in her books. But as he approached, something odd happened. He started to sneeze, his eyes watered, and the cough he suddenly acquired was so bad that he ran from the room in utmost panic. Joe stared in astonishment. He had been all right until he began to draw close to her. This sort of behaviour happened all day with remarkable recurrence. Every time Joe was about to get into a sticky situation, something would divert the attention away from her. By the end of the school day, she had managed to get through morning class, lunch and afternoon class completely unscathed. To make matters perfect, Mr Heathmont dropped the detention after school and went home to rest. Zoe, the class bully, had tried to tease her, but ended up head first in a mud puddle on the oval. How strange. It's as if I have someone looking after me. The walk home was uneventful and it brought back memories once again. She was now free from Zoe and the detention and was looking forward to getting home. Wondering if her luck would stay with her, she ran home only to remember that there was still her annoying brother, Geoffrey, to put up with. Can't do it. Today has been so full on. I need to visit Charity to chill out before I deal with Geoffrey. She sat dangling her feet over the edge of the boat, dipping her toes into the water. Strange how the water seems to calm the beast and everyone. Water and music, raindrops and smelly flowers. After Joe returned home, the afternoon cruised peacefully and she managed to do her homework, set the table for dinner and play with Band-Aid. Still, in the back of her mind... The thought of the gulp of waters and slurp it downs excited her sense of adventure. Jo wished she could just disappear into the world of the nose-picking delights. She craved to hear the fighting and laughter of her newfound friends. Bedtime came quickly. It was a great time to plan when she could sneak back and enjoy the disagreeable antics of the gulp of waters and the slurp it downs. Unfortunately, the morning brought rain. Thunder shook the house and Band-Aid hid under Joe's bed terrified. There's nothing to worry about, Band-Aid. It's just a rainstorm. Come out, you big coward. For a moment, Joe was yelling and being very disagreeable. Poor Band-Aid didn't know what was going on. She had turned into a big, grumpy monster. Bum! Damn and blast! Things did not get any better. After abusing her mother, she yelled at Geoffrey and tried to kick the cat. Everybody stood in horror, watching such bad behaviour. Is everything all right, Joanne? 
Jo was sitting with her head in her hands. She felt a little weird. Don't know what's going on, Mum. I think it must be end-of-term nerves. The family decided that Joanne needed to have the Friday off from school. It would give her a long weekend to get over whatever was upsetting her. Her mum took Geoffrey to school in the car and Joe was ordered to calm down and rest for the day. Nobody wanted an outburst like the one she had just produced. Staring into space, Joe thought hard about why she had just lost the plot with everybody. Then she remembered the behaviour of the creatures in the bush. Oh no, had she started to turn into a gulp of waters or a slurp at downs? Maybe her overactive imagination was driving her crazy. She needed to go for another walk in the bush, sit by Cork Upper Ripple Creek and meditate. The trickling water with its peace and quiet nature would calm her down. So off she went, this time prepared to rest, explore and enjoy the fruits of the Australian bush. It could only be of benefit to a stressed, nearly ten-year-old. After finding the clearing, she hurried across familiar surroundings. The smells of the bush and the anticipation of an adventure lured her to cork up a ripple creek. The sun was heating up the bush, and she felt the need for a quick dip. I wish I'd thought to bring my bathers. I'm sure nobody would see me if I went into the water with my underwear on. It's so hot, I would be dry before I needed to go home. She was just about to strip off when something made her pause. I'm sure I heard something. Maybe I'd better keep my clothes on. I I don't want to bump into anybody. That would be so embarrassing. It wasn't long before she heard the creature's voices again. Throw it in here, you silly gulp of waters! I've told you before not to be so bossy. You ugly, furry-looking piece of dirt! What are you calling an ugly, furry-looking piece of dirt? You are a lazy, silly-looking blob of nothing. Well, it was on for all to see as fishing rods bounced and hit the ground. The gulp of waters and the slurp at downs started slipping and rolling around the edge of the riverbank. Splash! went the two creatures as both fell into the creek. Shaking and quivering in delight, they laughed and patted each other on their backs. Joe was so relieved that they were not hurt and the thought of seeing her friends again made the day seem so much brighter. Thank goodness she had kept her clothes on and hadn't ventured into the creek. After a while, the two packed up their belongings and headed for home. Jo followed and waited for them to stop, clap their hands, and bring back into view the village. As expected, it all happened and caused her to shiver with glee. Come back to annoy us, have you? Couldn't stay away, could you? The old Slurper Downs had returned and happily guided the thrilled girl back into the village for round two. The old Slurper Downs hurried along the dirt path, slid down the grassy embankment and bounced right into the village. Following with eyes as big as saucers, Joe imagined there would now be an opportunity to find out why they made glue and what their life was all about. Her only other thought was that it would have been handy to have some paper and a pen. Need paper and a pen, do you? Think some bark from a paperback tree will do? Have some charcoal from the fire out here. Oh dear. Once again, Joe forgot that the creatures could hear what she was thinking. 
thoughts, thoughts and more thoughts. What on earth could she do about it? After all, she was a big thinker. Remembering that she had to talk a new way of rudeness, she snapped. What do you think, you silly old slurp-it-downs? He smiled in approval, reached and pulled a large strip of bark from the nearest tree. You'll have to take lots of notes to fill up this large piece of paper. So, don't muck it up. He smiled and walked away, mumbling lots of rude words. Joe was now used to being talked to in rude tones, and fortunately had the hang of the language herself. This is brilliant! Maybe I can write a great novel on the life and times of the unusually rude creatures of the Australian bush. Sitting down and writing... Watching and talking to the creatures made Joe sleepy. It had become humid after all the rain, and she still had many questions to ask. The only problem was how to ask them in acceptably rude tones. She might be getting used to the way they talked, but it was becoming exhausting trying to keep up with the change in language. What do they use a mystery glue for, and why do they seem to accept her presence? The time would come too soon for her to travel home, and all of her questions never seemed to get answered. Wouldn't it be amazing if I were allowed to stay overnight? My head is spinning with questions. It just isn't fair that time goes so fast. Time it is to travel. Must go home now. Joe sighed. None of her questions had been answered, and she would have to return home with millions of questions keeping her awake at night. Once again, the seven gulp of waters and slurp it downs arranged themselves into a circle, and the travelling song rang through the trees. Jo found herself this time at the bottom of the steps of her home. Today had been very different, and her head hurt because there was so much to take in. Walking through the front door, she was stopped, by her mother, who was inquiring on where she had been. Oh, goodness, I wonder how long I've been away this time. Maybe my luck has run out and I've been away too long. Joanne, it's nearly time for morning tea. I've made some scones, and if you would be so kind as to set the table in the garden, we can enjoy them together. The last thing she wanted to do was to sit and have morning tea with her mum... There were too many things to think about, and then it dawned on her that it was still morning. For heaven's sake, it should be the end of the day. There was that time warp again. Jo suffered small talk with her mum, shuffling side to side on her garden chair. Jo, will you stop rocking on the chair and listen to me? It's as if you're off with the pixies. Jo knew that the reason her mother had given her the day off was to get to the bottom of her tantrum and to find out what was wrong with her. The interrogation was too painful for words. Jo managed to tell her mother all the things she wanted to hear. Now she could go to her room, relax and focus on thinking about the funny little creatures. I wonder what names they have. And I still need to know why they boil the snot. They said it was for glue, but why would you use snot glue? This mystery has me beat. Her dog Band-Aid was still wondering why Joe had been so mean to him that morning, so he kept his distance. After a while, realising the poor dog was wary of her, she apologised to him and gave him a big cuddle. All had been forgotten, 
until she heard a large rattle coming from her wardrobe. Why would there be something rattling in my wardrobe? Band-Aid ran under the bed in fright. Let me out, you pain in the butt. Get here right away, you smelly whatever. Jo opened the door carefully, and to her surprise, there was a small slurper downs clutching a tiny teddy bear. My goodness me, what are you doing here? It's your entire fault, you smelly girl thing. You managed to whisk me here when the village council travelled you home. The little Slurpet Downs was obviously quite young and distressed. This was not a good situation to be in. Gosh, I'll have to get you home as soon as possible. I don't think anybody has missed you yet, so that gives me time to think of a plan. The little creature quietened down as soon as she saw Joe's cat and snuggled up to it on the end of Joe's bed. Maybe the cat reminded her of Mother Slurpet Downs. Think! I should be able to find a way out of this mess. I just need to think clearly. Hurrying downstairs, she looked around for her mother. Nowhere to be seen, thank goodness. Great, it looks like the coast is clear. If I grab the child and put her in my school bag, maybe we can sneak out. The only trouble was how to pry the child away from the cat. The Slurpet Downs had found comfort and was quite happy to stay cuddled up to the fat cat. Moving the child and separating her from the cat was going to be a challenge. Joe just hoped that the creature did not yell too much and alert all the neighbours. It was going to take a miracle to return this child to the village. After calming down, Joe watched the sleepy Slurpet Downs with Tim Tam. She was so cute and cuddly, her eyes shut tight and her tiny hands grabbing hold of the cat's tail. Wish we could keep her, Band-Aid. It would be fun to have her living with us. Band-Aid was not impressed and made a terrible smell once again. Band-Aid! I don't know what you eat, but that's terrible. Anytime soon, the paint will peel off the walls. Get out and don't come back. Band-Aid looked at her and made it clear he thought Joe was turning into a grump. Damn and blasted and pig's bottom. Oh no, here I go again. Must be the influence of the Slurpet Downs child. After finding her bag, she lifted the child and carefully placed her in it. Joe was grateful she did not wake up. As the child moved, Joe noticed some writing on the toy bear's leg. It said... This belongs to Iki, so don't steal it. That must be her name. How unusual. Running down the hall, she bumped into Geoffrey, home from school. Where are you going, sis? Mum says you have to help out around the house. Aunt Pepper is coming this afternoon and wants to stay for about a month. Everything needs to be in place. You know what a crabby old bag she is. Don't worry, Jeff. I'll be back before I'm missed. Cover for me, please, as I've got to go out for a few hours or so. Why should I? You never do anything for me. It looked like brother and sister were about to have a ding-dong fight when Ted, Jeffrey's friend, poked his head over the back fence and yelled, Come on, Jeff, let's swing on the clothesline and play football. Jeffrey was eager to get into mischief and dashed outside to join his friend. As the disagreeable brother left... Joe used the opportunity to take off towards the creek. Nobody was going to disturb her important mission 
not even a crabby aunt. You have just been listening to the Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek audio tales, based on the children's books of the same title by Australian author Susan Pease. To find out more about these stories or to purchase hard copies, please visit susanpease.com. S-U-S-A-N hyphen P-E-A-S-E dot com. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you do not miss out on the next exciting instalment of the Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek.